And welcome, everybody, to Geeking Poetic Podcast Channel. I'm one of your hosts, Larry Roberts. Uh, this Hunter X59-5423 <laughs> punt uh, is... <laughs> Spike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is uh, my co-host and none other than... Megan Guest. And Meg, what are we here to talk about? We are talking about episode four of Loki, the heart of the TVA. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> every every episode since we started doing <laughs> our Loki season two recaps, every episode we've started out by saying to you all, we don't really know what to say. And man, I I'd love to say that episode four has changed all that. And it looked for a little while like it was going to. And then, no. And then not, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, once again, it got to the end of the episode and we both went, um... Okay, yeah. uh, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, what, what do we even, what kind of, even just trying to take notes on this real quick before we came down, because we, we just watched the episode, mm -hmm. and then we came down here and we recorded in the studio, and even just trying to take notes real quick, I was like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> All I can say is this. Because this is a Disney show, I do try really hard to keep like my language and things like in check. But I think I can say since they do use this word on the show, I think I can safely say that the shit has proverbially <laughs> hit the fan, fan. <laughs> with, with yep. the storyline in here. They they it is a shit show. It is. But before we say anything more. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I guess we have. It's before I tell any more that might set somebody off on the wrong path, go down the wrong <laughs> timeline here. We have to let you know that we are going to be talking about a lot of spoilers. We're going to talk fairly in depth about things in the episode. We do not do a full recap. This is not that kind of show. There are plenty of other channels out there that do those kind of shows, and we highly recommend you go check those out. They'll go into full recaps, Easter eggs, all that kind of stuff. We're not doing that. This is just sort of like Ebert and Siskel, but nowhere near <laughs> as good as that. initial reaction, yeah, basically. We're just, right. We're just kind of talking about what we deem to be the highlights and the lowlights of each episode. And then at the end, we're also going going to go into what we kind of think are like predictions or theories or just general thoughts about where the hell is this all going <laughs> and oh man I still don't know especially it can go every, now, especially now especially now we really don't know because we a lot of the questions that we've had in the previous three episodes of like well what did that mean and what is this going to turn out to be well we got a lot of things answered yes it's one of our highlights it is a highlight is that we finally got a lot of things answered answered here um we know who was on the phone right as you know in the first episode of season two we saw the whole thing with loki desperately trying to prune himself essentially so that he could not be spaghettied I mean, the whole thing was just so screwy but basically so that he could stop time stop slipping. time slipping prevent mobius from losing his skin <laughs> <laughs> And try to get things back on track again so they could start working on figuring out how to fix the TVA and the timeline. Well, we did get that answered because we got to see the whole scene mm -hmm. sort of a little bit more towards the middle end of this episode where Loki now finds himself at that moment in time. He sees himself by the elevator and it was we had predicted this that Loki pruned Loki. Mm -hmm. So we got that answered and it made a lot of sense. We also got answered. I thought it was hilarious. The whole thing with the ringing phone. <laughs> 
We got it could be all these people. It's going to be something huge on the other line. No. Who was it? Obi. Yeah. It was just Obi going, <laughs> what are you guys doing? It took forever. Finally, you answered the phone. <laughs> Which I thought that was pretty funny because it was like, also you could read it at home as like a double entendre there of like, it's like it took forever to like explain what this was because it took four episodes. <laughs> You know, it's like, boy, it took a long time to finally answer this stupid question. We found out how Sylvie's in the elevator. Yeah. And why she's stuck in it. Why she was stuck in the elevator. Why she's missed minutes. Yeah. Why she's back at uh, the TVA TVA in the first place. And she was so adamant that she was not ever going back there again. We got all those things answered. And then you would sit there and go, well, that's great. Answers are great. Well, (laughs) no. Because all the things that got answered and then they just, in the following 10 minutes, they just left us with a bunch more, even more important questions. Which I guess you could say is kind of a low light, but not really. Yeah, we, we count as a low light because we're like, what is happening? Yeah, but it's not <laughs> It's unexpected. not a, like a low light, low light. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of our low lights really are. No. Most of the time. No. It's just our nitpicks and having fun with it. Exactly. How about you nitpick, pick out some highlights for you? Um, I really enjoyed Sylvie mind melding. Oh, with X5? With Brad. With Brad, yeah. And the way he walks in. Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is cozy. Yeah. He's like, it's clearly not him. No. Rinsai should have been a little more suspicious of him. And he just kind of grabs her. He's like, come here, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> I think she was just taken so off guard by it because she wasn't, it was so odd. Right, but she's freaking Rinslayer. Yeah, she's. You're just gonna let him pull you. It's like, get get back up. You just stand back over there and then you tell me from there, okay? Because you're acting real weird right now. Yeah, I get get your point. But, so so it's kind of a highlight of a low light. That whole scene. I really, really enjoyed. No, that was great. And he did some great acting by doing that and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Another highlight, I think, of all that was then we got to see uh, Brad prune Renslayer. Because I don't know if you all know this, but we hate Ravona Renslayer. (laughs) Now, I know we're supposed to, but boy, I really hate Ravona Renslayer. I cannot stand her. I hated her in the first season before we even knew how bad she was. <laughs> I just, there's just something about her. But I feel she like... She plays it well. I mean, yeah, I'm not... I, yeah, I'm we, not we love to it. hate her. I, no, it's, it, and I'm saying, and it, it makes it a great character exactly. because, you, you know, they're making one of those like, ah, you just want to see her get hers kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they, they've done a great job with that. I don't know. I feel like they were building her up to be this huge thing and for her to be Prune? taken out like yeah. that kind of feels like she got snoked. Mm, I'm not so sure. We don't know if that's the end of her, do we? Well, keep this in mind, and I've been thinking about this the whole time, is the one thing that we found out towards the end of season one is that when you're pruned, it doesn't necessarily mean you're wiped out from all existence, right? Right, you right get, no, because all of them have been pruned at this point. Right, you get sent to that junkyard, whatever kind of thing. <laughs> you get sent to another uh, place. Like, yeah, like, re- remember? Like, yes. that's where all the Lokis were. <laughs> exactly. And everything. So there isn't anything to say 
that Renslayer is necessarily permanently gone. Right. I mean, it's the same thing. We got to see Miss Minutes taken out in this one, which I was glad because I can't stand Miss Minutes either. No. <laughs> She's funny. She's funny. I'll give that Miss Minutes sometimes is funny, especially her reaction. Yeah, I was going to say, this may be a highlight and a low light, her reaction this episode. Like, oh, dude, that's, that's menacing. Yeah, it was a highlight and a low light in that it was really well done. Um, and what we're talking about is the scene with all the, uh, the Minutemen and Doc's all captured there and Ravona and Miss Minutes showing up and giving them the ultimatum of like, well, you can either join us or basically we're going to, we're going to kill you. We're going to squish you in that, in that box, box that we thought was so funny a couple episodes ago. <laughs> it's not but, so funny no more. No, it wasn't funny in this one because the other, all of them other than Brad decided that they'd rather die than join with her. And I thought that was a highlight for me because I was really glad that, Doc saw the light and even said that. It's like, for the first time now, I'm seeing things clearly. And it's a shame that it resulted in hers and, and her guards, all her people's death. Right. Yeah, I was really hoping she was going to have an arc here to redeem herself. I, I did, too. I and it really seemed they were too. building up to that. And then I did not see that coming. Well, and again, before we get too far ahead of ourselves and okay. stuff, I just want to say that I do have some theories about stuff that I'm not entirely sure that we have seen the end of all these characters. You never know. I mean, you <laughs> never know, especially now. It's so timey-wimey. This makes my head hurt so I, bad. Yeah, well, your head hurts enough on its own, yes. and this is just making it worse. It's not helping. I apologize. If you don't want to watch <laughs> this anymore, I can do this on my own. Oh, <laughs> I, I need to see it out at this point. Yeah. I only got a couple more episodes. Yeah, I think you can hang in there, because, yeah, you're right. We only have two more episodes. But mm -hmm. getting back to the point at hand is that that whole scene with Miss Minutes and Ravona and Brad watching Docs and all them meet their gruesome death by the box mm -hmm. is that was I was really kind of taken aback by that I was like wow this is really dark right and while they didn't show it it all happens off camera so to speak you could see it in Brad's face I mean and you know what's happening and it's just the fact yeah I it, wow I couldn't believe they got that grim there's a couple times in this episode they got really grim which I was pretty surprised they did given the general lightheartedness of this series. And, you know, I know it's got dark undertones and it's serious and it can be dramatic, but we haven't seen anything like that in this series. So mm -hmm. for them to suddenly throw that out there in this episode was like, whoa, oh, wow, okay, that's pretty serious. But Miss Minutes, man, the looks on her face, she's all, you know, like, yeah, like enjoying watching these people be crushed to death. Yeah. And I was like, screw that clock yeah, bye bye miss minutes i can't stand that <laughs> clock like what an evil i loved her in the first season she was so fun and yeah well yeah they, this man Oof. yeah we're seeing the real side you right? know yeah she's she's there's another I mean, she's a little creepy but not not like yeah, it. this no. is a whole level another level here yeah that that's a clock that's got two faces <laughs> see see what i did there uh -huh. <laughs> Uh, another highlight that I thought was kind of cool, and I'm sure you did too, was we got to see Obi meet Victor Timely. That and, was that was a cute. Yeah, that was cool because that was just like what we saw before with the whole Casey and Obi mm -hmm. thing. And, and Casey was right there in the background, like, oh my god! Oh, I know <laughs> that that made it even more funny. You know that he was standing there like gripping his precious book that he's got. That he's like, these are the two guys that made the book and. 
But yeah, seeing Obi meet Timely and vice versa and realizing that we have a grandfather paradox here Mm -hmm. because Obi announces to the team that, oh, well, all of my inspiration for writing this book came from this 19th century inventor named Victor Timely, who's standing right there. But meanwhile, Victor Timely is already established and we know that Victor Timely got inspired by By reading the the book. So we have a paradox here of like, well, where did the information then actually come from? It's kind of like the watch in Somewhere in Time, where mm-hmm. it's like, well, if he she gave him the watch, but he gave her the watch, then where did the watch even originate from? And that's the same thing with this book, is like, where did this all originate from? I think we're going to find out more about that. Okay. I don't think that they created that, and they created Obi just for the sake of, like, funny wackiness and stuff. I have a feeling Obi is going to factor into this somehow. I think he's huge. In a big He's a huge way. piece. Yeah. I I think, yeah, because just even the way things have played out with him, the fact that he's the one that actually remembers everything. Mm-hmm. He's never had his mind wiped. No, and that's interesting, too, because it makes me wonder if that is an X factor here. Because, and again, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think that there's things that are going to play out here as far as he who remains and how he's planned all this out. I wonder if Obi is going to be the big X factor there because we saw the scene in this episode where Ravona finds out that the thing that's going to make her really mad that Miss Minutes told her about mm-hmm. in the last episode was that at one point Ravona was like right up there with with he who remains was like his right hand person and was largely responsible for the creation of the TVA, winning the big time war thing, all that stuff. Like she was a big part of it. And once again, once he realized that, oh, I've got this person that's kind of like sidled up to me almost as like an equal mm-hmm. and he can't have that. It, he's got to be on his own. Yeah, so he told her, he's like, I want you. We're going to be partners. We're going to run this together. And as he soon, goes off to the TVA. And as soon as her back's turned. Yep. Yep. As, as soon as right. As soon as that, you know, she was gone. He immediately tells Miss Minutes, have hers and everybody at the TVA's minds wiped now. So he but not Obi. He right. So he who remains counted on that everybody's minds were wiped. But did he not realize that they never wiped Obi's mind? Because Obi remembers everything. He knows everything. He's been around for centuries. And he remembers. He remembers meeting people like Mobius and all them and talking to them years and years ago. And they don't remember, which leads me to believe that whenever their minds got wiped by Miss Minutes, that came later. And obviously, Obi's never was. So... I really wonder if he's going to be some sort of X factor in all this because I think that we're going to see that everything that's happened, everything has been planned out and foreseen by he who remains. Yeah, there's no free will here. No, not at all. Even with Ravona and uh, Miss Minutes sitting there saying, oh, well, you know what? We're going to do this now and everything. We're going to, we don't even need him. I think he foresaw all of that. I think he foresaw the betrayals. I think he, he, he set everything into motion. They are all chess pieces for him mm-hmm. because that's his thing. 
that's what Miss Minutes was created for. Hey, you want to play chess? Right. That's his thing. He's a chess master. And so just like when you play chess, every move you make, you look like 10 moves ahead, 15 moves ahead. A great chess master can look and see your first couple of moves and think and figure out everything that's going to happen many, many moves ahead. And that is what I think is happening here with He Who Remains. He has seen all of this. All of the characters don't know that. Right. They think, oh, no, he's dead, and now we're doing this, and we're going to fix this, and we're going to change that. And He counted on all of that. All of this. He's like, I knew all this was going to happen. I mean, do we really think he would... This is the guy who defeated all the other Kangs. All the other ones in the in the multiverse. He won. He's the one who remained. He was the greatest of them all. And Sylvie is so ignorant as to think <laughs> that, like, oh, all I had to do was just show up. And then while he put his hands up and goes, oh, you know, see, see you soon or whatever he says. And she drove a sword into him. And, like, that's it. Yeah. Like, because oh, it's that easy. It was that yeah. easy. Like, come on. Come on. That it was not that easy. He everything from her showing up there, her killing him, every single thing, Miss Minutes, all this stuff. He anticipated it. Mm-hmm. He would not have given Miss Minutes the free will, the the ability to be an AI that could self uh, build and grow. Mm-hmm. He would not have allowed that to happen if he had any worry that that was going to come back to bite him in the ass. Right. He if. Yeah, he had a contingency plan. Yes. To knock her off whenever time came. Yeah, I think I think all of this is planned out. All of this is planned out. Even to the point getting to another <laughs> again, I, I don't know if you want to call it a highlight. I mean, it's a low light, but it was a highlight in the way it was done and the dramatic effect. We see the death of Victor Timely. Mm. Man, that was grim. Yeah, I didn't expect that either. No, that was certainly... I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my... Now what? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that was my jaw-dropping moment. I was like, I thought he was going to go out there and like have this alternate plan that was going to screw everybody else over, but ultimately it was his plan, and I did not expect him to turn into spaghetti. No, yeah, (laughs) because he literally runs out the door, and within two seconds, he just screams and turns into quite graphic human spaghetti. I mean, we saw the skeleton. Uh It was, uh, wow. Aura kind of the state yeah, out of him and stuff. I saw I that like, hmm. too. Yeah, and is that important? Well, and I wonder that too. I wonder if him. I I wonder if that you know just because he turns to spaghetti. I mean, did that mean that he ceased to exist, or did he like spread out now? I, there's so many questions because we don't know how this. We just works. sew him back together. Maybe, or maybe it's kind of like, you know, kind of like pollen, you know, Mm -hmm. like, did he spread out now? Like, did his essence spread out? Is there going? And is that how we got all the different kings? Right. Maybe that is how, because we don't have an answer for how Victor Timely became Kang, became he who remains. How did, how did this all sprout from this? Why did this guy who lived this fairly brief existence in the 1900s, then ended up at the TVA. Because again, we're always thinking about this like, oh, well, that hasn't happened. Like, like, no, this is the future. No, it's not. This is all the past. This has already happened. Mm-hmm. This has all already happened. So how did we get from 
this. Like, we're looking at it like, oh, no, Victor Timely died. What is that going to change? What's that going to mean? I don't think it's going to change anything from what we already know. I think all of these things had to happen right. for the things that we've already seen to happen. Right. To get 31st century he who remains king and all that. And kind maybe of- that's what Miss Minutes meant by you'll never be him. Yes. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that leads into another, like, again, not necessarily even a highlight. I guess it it is kind of a highlight, but it's also kind of a theory, and I definitely want to get into that. So I've seen other people online, some of the other channels and stuff. I've seen them talking about that whole scene with Miss Minutes. When mm-hmm. you're the scene you're talking about specifically is when she's about to be shut down, right, and everything, and she's desperately trying to tell Victor through her glitching and everything, saying, "Victor, I got to tell you something," and then. And she comes back for a moment and says, you'll never be him. A lot of other people online I've seen saying that they felt like that was her trying to goad him, you know, trying to be Make just a stupid decision. Yeah. Goad him into making that decision that ultimately turned him into space spaghetti and everything. And I, I could see that logic, but I'm not so sure that's it. I wonder if she doesn't know a lot more than she's let on. Because, again, we we have to remember that this was all all of this has been set into motion by he who remains. And a lot of it was Miss Minutes doing things accordingly what he who remains told her to do. Right. And I mean, she could have told Ravona sooner about the whole thing about their minds being erased, but she didn't. She waited until that moment to do it. She waited until X moment to do this and that. I wonder if she doesn't know and she hasn't been programmed and instructed to tell everybody certain things at a certain time. And I think that her whole point of you'll never be him and all that is letting him and everybody know that he was going to die. You'll never be him, meaning like you're not him. You're not going to live and turn into he who remains. You're not that version. You're not him. Not just like you'll never be him because you'll never be the man he is kind of thing. No, literally, you're not him. You are literally not that person. You are you're going to die here in a few minutes. You're you're going to you're going to be toast, you know, or spaghetti. spaghetti toast (laughs) so you know i i think that's what that meant personally now we'll find out whether or not i'm right or these other people are right you know but that that's kind of where i stand on Mm. it one more thing i want to bring up and again i and i brought this up in the last episode and again it's another thing that is kind of both a highlight and a low light and it's me kind of bitching about sylvia again oh yes but Hear me out on this, okay? Okay. So here's my problem with it. Now, you did point out to me in the last episode that I was being, you felt I was being impatient Mm -hmm. and you felt that I was like, you know. out of perspective. Right. That I needed to put in perspective that all of this is happening very quickly for them and they don't have the time to change and gestate and stew on it the way we are. Right. 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 Okay. But here's the thing that I'm getting a little fed up with, or I was getting fed up with, and it's that every episode in this season, since we got reintroduced to Sylvie, we spend a lot of time, a considerable chunk of time, trying to convince Sylvie once again why, you know, just the answer isn't just kill and burn, kill and burn. Like, they've turned her back into this one-note character, and... 
I do see her fighting against it, which is the highlight part of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad they're doing that. I don't like the one note Sylvie. We got that when we first got introduced to Sylvie in season one, and it made sense then. But then we saw a lot of growth in Sylvie just in that amount of time. Maybe even a little extra fast when you think about it. <laughs> so I remember when we talked about season one, Sylvie and stuff, and we were like, wow, that was pretty quick development there of her and Loki basically kind of falling for each other and just a lot of the things that happened with them and stuff. It, it was kind of fast. And now we've, we saw a lot of growth there and now we've just sort of stalled. She's just stalled on this one note Sylvie. That's just like burn and kill, burn and kill, burn and kill. That's the only answer. Mm-hmm. It's gotten very frustrating for me and we have seen little hints of growth there and as we did at the end of the last episode with the fact that she let Victor live and all that stuff. But then we got back to here and then it was still just more and more of her just like that anger and everything. Even I loved when Obi brought up about like how, you know, my life was completely turned upside down and ruined because somebody killed he who remains. And she was just super happy about that. <laughs> and it was funny. But the point is, is then we end up, like I said, we end up with a lot of her every scene with her has just been like, this is stupid. This is dumb. I'm sick of this. Kill. Burn. This is dumb. I'm sick of hearing this. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to attack Mobius now and, you know, get on his case and everything. And I'm like, I guess I wouldn't be so bothered about this if I hadn't seen a considerable amount of growth from her in that first season mm-hmm. that now it feels like we went backwards. She's just taking a step back, yeah. A little bit. Now, the good thing, the part that I think is the highlight of all of this is I loved what Loki had to say to her. I loved the whole bit where Loki is explaining to her about, once again, for the umpteenth time, he has to explain to her, this is why I believe in the TVA. This is why I'm doing this. You know, he's already told her 20 times, Mm -hmm. but he's telling her again. What made this particularly cool was he touched on a thought, a philosophy of sorts that something that I adhere to and believe in and stuff and it's the idea that burning and killing and taking the angry route is the easy route and i mean we've seen that and you know this isn't a new theory i mean we saw it back in homer's odyssey we've seen it in star wars with the jedi and the and the sith and all that it's the idea that people often think that the easy way to go is with the angry violent emotion way like that and that that means you're strong like being angry and violent that's strength and to forgive and to think things out and see other sides of things is weak but it's not and loki points that out and says that's really hard to do yeah the other one's like our knee-jerk reaction to how we react to things right i mean you're just it's easy to be mad right and it, but it's so typical of human beings to think that way. I mean, that's that I, you know, we all encountered it. We still do. You know, mm-hmm. people think that, you know, the really strong people are the people that just always fight and kill and hurt and punch. And, you know, I'm gonna, ah, it's anger. Is like, I'm not putting up with any of this. Right. Like, and okay. don't and don't realize that actual strength comes this is very zen like kind of thing but actual strength comes from taking a step back looking at things being peaceful forgiving when you don't want to forgive sometimes taking a loss and taking a hit because you realize that it's the right thing to do at that time and it might actually benefit and be better 
for everybody, including yourself, later on. That's what makes people like jumping over to another show we love so much. People like uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn so amazing is because he's the kind of guy who'll he'll take a beating. He'll take a hit. He'll take a loss. Mm -hmm. But he's, again, another strategist, just like Kang. He's another strategist that's like, hey, you know, sometimes the easy thing would be to go in all guns blazing and think that just like the Empire does, you know, and think like, no, you know, the fact that we just kill and pillage like that makes us strong. No, it doesn't make you strong because you always end up losing in the end. Mm -hmm. I love that they showed that side of Loki here because to me, that has been one of the biggest reveals of growth of his character. That makes him interesting because I've seen a lot of people, you probably have too, a lot of people online that are critical of this new Loki because even though they're like, yeah, it's entertaining and it's fun and I'm enjoying it, it seems like they just sort of like dulled his edges so much. That's why even us, we got so excited when we get to see him use his powers and be a little dastardly again. (laughs) And I get that because I love that side of Loki. And I, but the thing is, is I don't think that we've lost that side of Loki. No, he's there. And I, right. And I think that that's indicative by what he's saying. He's not sitting there saying never burn, never kill, never knock somebody down. But he's saying sometimes the smart thing and the strong thing to do is to not do that or to know when to do that and be patient and be sensible and be forgiving of certain people and maybe not other people. You know, the whole thing with Loki's story arc is it started out about him being very jealous about his brother Thor and because Thor was chosen to rule and he was he felt that he was his father's favorite and all this kind of stuff and I don't think Thor was his father's favorite I think that Odin was very fond and very forgiving of a lot of things (laughs) of Loki I think he came to love Loki very much but he saw the failings in Loki's character that indicated that Loki you cannot rule You are not a leader. You cannot rule because you lack all of these important character traits and lessons that you need to learn. And now the Loki that we're seeing, he could rule Asgard or some other place or organization possibly. And that's where my brain's been working at. Okay, so to lay it on (laughs) us now, I've done all the yapping. I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. So I've been thinking for a little bit now, but... Renslayer and He Who Remains. Yeah. Okay. They have like this love tension and people are speculating maybe she's like a variant of him. Right. Possibly. So he sat and kind of rolled the throne from the end of time and she went back to TVA and rolled the TVA and kept the timeline pruned and all this stuff because she felt that's what needed to be done. Right. And then now we have Loki and Sylvie who are two relationship Yeah, well they're, kind of, they're two people that are the in same the variants, people. Right. right. Okay. So it has that same kind of relationship okay to it okay and they both are trying to save the timelines in their own different ways right so what i hope to see by the end of this whether it's this this show or like down you know future movies and all that is you know they both have the powers because we dropped the dampeners right so now they have their powers in the tva right is that they come together just like ravona and he who remains did it in the war to come together to win the war. So they're going to come together to win this war to bring along a new way of running this TVA. Okay. So they're going to kind of both take the seats like... Sylvie's going to be at the TVA. Sylvie will kind of be like the Ravona. The Ravona and and he's going to be like the king. So because they made mention like 
she's like, that's like being God. He's like, we we are gods. We have yeah. this huge responsibility. That's a good point because they did have that whole conversation about saying that he was telling her like, we have to be the ones. We can't leave this up to just free yeah, will. Yeah, we, we gave it to free will. So, we can't just leave them now. Somebody has to be watching all of this. Oh, that's really right. good Even thinking. if they're like, they don't like rule, but they're watchers over everything. They might be the ones that are running the TVA. Right. And at the same time, just like what I was saying is, there's nothing to say that Kang didn't expect it to be this. To be all this to happen. Yeah. And Obi's going to be the one that kind of gets them the X factor, like you said, to make this happen. Right. That would be awesome, I think. Yeah. It, it, who knows, man? Who knows? They could be variants of Kang. <laughs> who, knows who knows at this point yeah it's tough to say yeah because i mean even even loki himself i love that at the end of the episode his last line is i don't know meaning like i don't know where everything's going and that's where it left all of us was we're just like uh. <laughs> we don't know we don't know where it's gonna go i'm curious if we're not seeing the end of things in terms of this is the end of the storyline as we've come to see it Mm-hmm. And much like we've seen on shows like Lost or something like that, I wonder if this is sort of like a reset kind of thing where suddenly like Loki and everybody's going to wind up in this whole other existence. Right. And have to find their way back to each other. Maybe. They, maybe they won't even have memory of each other or maybe only some of them will. I yeah. really hope we don't have to start this thing all over again with only two episodes left. That's again, I think you've said this before. It doesn't seem like we're getting a whole lot of anywhere. No. And then to go back, and now we have to do his, I I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, I know the first season happened really quickly. Like, that was only supposed to be a very short period of time, Mm -hmm. season one. But it's crazy when you think about that this whole season literally occurred in a matter of hours. Right. You know? All in a day's time. Really in a matter of hours. I know they spent a little bit more time technically, spent more time when they went to 1893 and all that kind of stuff because that was drawn out a little bit more. But really in TVA time in the real grand scheme of things, this has all happened super quick. Right. Like even where we're at right now with uh, Obi and him trying to do stuff. I mean, he only just met Casey and them. He only just met them a few hours ago. Like, this is all going by super quick. Yeah, this is like Casey's favorite day ever. <laughs> it is Casey's favorite day ever. <laughs> Although I loved when Casey at the end, when everything's about to just blow up and he's like, it's not my fault. I didn't do anything. What happened? I didn't do it. <laughs> I love that he just automatically felt like he needed to explain himself for that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. It could go anywhere at this point. Literally, we ended with a black screen. Yeah, it it was very Sopranos of them to do. I mean, they could use their powers to stop it, or I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with Loki. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm really wondering. I'm wondering. Well, because the other thing is, I'm wondering if this is just going to mean that the timeline is going to all just sort of weave together and we're going to have this big mishmash. I thought it was interesting in the credits. We saw that close up of the, the machine that said TVA soup. 
and they specifically like highlighted that. I'm like, is that a little clue? Like we've got TVA soup right yeah. now. This is all big one it's, thing. Now. It's all a big soup. Yeah. And that makes me wonder. I'm like, are they going to do that? Is that how they're going to explain why suddenly in our in the MCU we're going to have the Fantastic Four? Because we know it exists. They've already established that in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. that there is a Mr. Fantastic and there there is a Black Bolt and there is a Professor X and the X-Men and all that. We already know it exists out there in some other timelines. So is this how they're going to explain how that's all going to mash up? Or is that going to be the future of the Marvel movies is we're going to see all sorts of crazy happenings? Because kind of like we saw even in the Spider-Man movie where we saw our universe Spider-Man facing up against Doc Ock from the Tobey Maguire movies and stuff. Are we going to see a big mashup of all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Isn't Loki like the god of chaos or something like that? This is going to be this is chaos. Yeah. He needs to run the TVA. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm down. I just don't know how they're going to play this out. And anyway, we would love to know your theories. As always, we really appreciate and welcome not just your likes and subscribes, but your comments. We love the comments. Let us know your comments and your thoughts. We want to know what are you thinking about where this is headed. Uh, We only have a few more days because we're unfortunately, as you know, putting this out a little late. We had some personal things that went on that postpone this we apologize for that so we're not giving you a lot of time to think about it before the next episode but (laughs) we do encourage you to let us know what you think and yeah we will be back uh before you know it (laughs) talking about episode five and boy we just we have no idea what's in store for us but i'm very anxiously uh awaiting it yes very much so all right everybody we'll see you soon bye guys bye bye